You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of Runeterra. My name is Mark or the Lift from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and with me tonight is my legendary and ever faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. But in addition to Dead Broke Nerd, I also have a special guest, the specialist of special guests, podcasting extraordinaire, basically Legends of Runeterra tournament running professional, professional caster, Shane from the Twin Sons podcast. Shane, how you doing tonight, man? Wow, I mean, better after that intro. My gosh, you put our intros to shame. I'm like, all right, guys, episode uh, 50. Let's let's get going. That was that was incredible. We try he to does, he does these intros, and honestly, that's like 90 percent of the show. Yeah, we try to yeah, hype right? it up, and then we let people down real hard. <laughs> yeah, right people afterwards. tune in for the first like 30 seconds, and they're like, oh, next next podcast. You're like, I feel better this week. That's all we're trying <laughs> yeah, to do. All right. yeah, that'll get you going though. Jeez. <laughs> Well, Shane, how are you doing, man? Thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate you coming and hanging yeah, out with us. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, I mean, I've I just got to know a little bit of your history uh, before this, so I'm you know excited to talk about it right here now. Mm. Yeah, awesome, DBM man. How are you doing, dude? Oh, you know, oh me. Yeah, oh, but you how didn't you? say amazing, beautiful things about me. Yes, I did. I, I insist that we uh, say say more nice things about me, I say, or I won't talk. I say legendary and ever faithful co-host every single week, where you don't say a thing about me except to our patrons on the Mulligan. Yes, but then I say very lovely things about you. That is that is not, yeah, that is really nice. Speaking of the Mulligan, if you so don't... really because like ever faithful <laughs> just means no, I don't know. ever faithful just means I don't have anything better to do. That's what you're saying to our audience. <laughs> Man with nothing to do on Monday evenings. Uh... That's right. That's right. Yeah, get this kid a life. That's what they're saying. <laughs> uh, and dead broke nerd, the guy who has nothing to do. <laughs> hey, at least we'd be honest. <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah yeah <laughs> let's face it though we stay up painfully late sometimes to record this show for people so it's, it's true yeah. it's true so be grateful yeah that we're that we don't have a life be grateful <laughs> <laughs> well uh, no man i i am doing good though it's been uh it actually was a great uh week we ended up not recording last week as i'm sure some people maybe noticed maybe you hopefully they noticed maybe not uh, but uh yeah but uh had a great time uh my boy gibbles and bits uh had his wedding it was beautiful it was awesome there was some funny hijinks uh and like all weddings uh you know there's no, not every plant survives the battlefield in an amusing way uh it, i'll just go ahead and say it i don't think he'll care uh their dj just didn't show which is terrible, just, by the way. I, I was sitting there like, so like I, so I was, uh, so I was one of, uh, he had two best men. And so I was one of the two. Okay. Cause we were tied, you know, it was, it was a situation where it was one of those things like he couldn't find a best man, you know? So he found like two mediocre men two, and, and they added them together. together. That's and right. They had one up. fully best man. <laughs> Bestest <laughs> yeah. mensch. Perfect. Oh, and if you don't think we told that joke during our speech, you would be wrong. We definitely did. So good. I'm reusing material here. That's good. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, I but got it, to it was beautiful. His, it was it was a blast. I got to attend over Zoom call, uh, which was mm -hmm. which was super fun. Uh, I've never attended a wedding over a Zoom call before. Um, 
it looked windy. That's all I that's all I heard the pastor talk. That was about what I could hear. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Shane, I I warned you, Shane, that there was gonna be banter. I did Yeah, banter is a huge part of our branding. Yeah. That's a crazy story, dude. I can't I, I just got married like a year ago. Uh almost two now. But yeah, I mean if our oh, DJ yeah. didn't show up, I think didn't it show no no break. communication. I I Oh my god. You know, yeah. Yeah, I insane. Yeah. yeah, no. It honestly their wedding planner handled it spectacularly, figured it out and and she DJed. <laughs> so <laughs> it works, it works. But yeah, no, it was uh it was it was amusing and uh but it was a it was a beautiful wedding so I did want to just because because he's so prominent in our community, uh I did want to just say congratulations to uh my best friend Brendan slash Gibbleson Bits. So congratulations, man. Uh, it's on the podcast now, so you can forever, uh, you know, make a note of how much I love you. <laughs> the Boom. one thing beside your beside your wedding pictures, right. burn yeah. a CD of this That's episode. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then, it better be downloaded on all your devices, and then frame it and put it on the wall in your new place. That's what. That's right. Uh, That's right. <laughs> you know what? Instead of I'm instead here. of wedding pictures, you know, you'll just have a wedding iPod, and it'll just have this. <laughs> segment of this episode on this <laughs> and you'll frame that <laughs> that's more like it yeah it sounds but did, did uh did you guys play any any lor this week like what what were you all into like i'm i'm excited i'm excited to hear because i've been playing like just kind of my regular stuff i've i've just kind of been working through my rotation of, of stuff i don't have anything new to share so i was hoping you guys had something cool and interesting for me to start checking out because i'm in that phase where i'm looking for something new to uh to scratch that itch yeah, Shane, yeah, what do you got, man? Yeah, uh, I played uh, a good bit. I, um, you know, I, I qualified for both the previous seasonal tournaments. So Ooh. this time I was, I did one through gauntlet, one through top 700. So this time I can't make this seasonal. I'm, uh, I'm busy all Saturday. Got, got my mom's birthday. So we're having a, a little party. So I won't be there for this seasonal. But I still tried to qualify through last chance gauntlet. And uh, I just got ran over. I had four prime glories, oh, no. got completely ran over. So I was like, all right, oh, well, no. it's a good time. It's a good time. I can't make this one anyway. But uh, I've been, I've just been digging uh, just overwhelmed with Sejuani and Rennington lately. That's still, still mm. one of my go-tos. So, you know, quick games under, under 10 minutes and just, you know, relatively low thinking and you just, you just beat base. So it's, it's you good know, time. playing Battle Fury is very, very satisfying. Oh, yeah. It's a yeah. satisfying experience. Oh, here's a burst plus eight plus four. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I played that deck real early on because someone everyone knows that I like Sejuani. And so uh and so I played that deck really early on because I really like Sedge. And it was real it was really good. And I just haven't come back to it. It was like uh it was like day one. It was like day one of the release. Uh I played yeah. it. And then just I, I even think I was streaming it and I cannot remember who sent me the list. But uh I just have not returned to it. So maybe I need to go back and revisit kind of like those they're kind of like they're mid rangey, but but they're yeah. unique because it's kind of like you're not really building a board like a typical mid range deck, and then all of a sudden you win. Yeah, no, exactly. It's 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 fun, especially when you know there's not like a, a butt ton of Targon in the meta at the moment. So you don't just get hushed like every other game when you play your Battle Fury. Sure. You know, normally normally feels a little bit better. But I will say like two minutes ago, right before I started with you guys, I did get hushed and I cried a little bit. Do you remember <laughs> when Hush was two mana and added a fleeting copy of it to your hand? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that part, dude. That part. 
<laughs> I, yeah, I remember when I was like, I don't think that's a problem. And now at three mana without adding fleeting copies to your hand, it's still like, yeah, this card still kind of sucks. Um. <laughs> I, I've never, and I, I maybe it's just the background of card games I come from where there's a lot of like middle finger cards. It's it, Hush doesn't bother me, man. <laughs> it really doesn't. You know, like I, I guess I just don't mind silence, you know? And if you can play tricks to get through it and let it survive, it'll go back to where it was before, theoretically. So I don't know. Silence doesn't bother me. I really hate things that take away choice. That's what, that's what, those are the kinds of cards that grind my gears, you know. As anybody who knows from the Tesla days, you know, my, my torrid, uh, angry, just absolute, you know, bloodlusty affair with stupid, stupid Hallow Death Priest. You know, just don't take my cards away, man. Just don't take away my cards. For the, All right? I want to play my cards. For the record, Shane, when you played Hall of Death Priest, it would turn a creature in your opponent's hand into a 2-2 zombie. Creature. Yeah, the, the, the most powerful creature into a 2-2 two, two zombie. Um, oh, that's brutal. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, there, that's brutal. there was a lot of brutal cards in that game. That I don't more like, I don't like game, deck so. manipulation, and I don't like <laughs> hand manipulation. Yeah, um, leave Thor's pretty good for that then. Yeah, there's not that all the uh hand manipulation stuff's pretty terrible right now. So Yeah. That is yeah. that is that is yeah, true. That's true. You know, I didn't uh I do like um I actually don't mind drawing from the opponent's deck or copying from the opponent's deck, but I don't like targeted like uh like lobotomizing decks. I hate that. Mm. That's like some that's like some magic like and uh Targeted uh, they destroy had everything in your too. deck. Yes, that's yeah, like fun. casting a time and stuff like that. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, see, Sedrenectin is really fun though because I I do find the even though I feel like Renekton in and of himself may not be that amazing, I feel like when you are asking him to just push damage and you're not as concerned with him like leveling and sticking around for a long time, he's still great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he really levels for me. You know, if he, if he does, it's great. If not, he just kind of like, you know, eats one of their cool chump blockers early with like an exhaust or something. Yeah. Does his thing. Well, he and levels, he can always, you know, you get the sweet animation. So it's always. Yeah, good. that's true. But you can always just because overwhelm is just, oh, I feel like overwhelm is so strong that like you can just put it on an average stat creature and then anything becomes a lethal unit. You know, like anything can push surprise lethal because it, it just. Yeah, you can just pump them. I love it. I love overwhelm decks. You you stepped into the the right uh, the right podcast here because I all I do is play overwhelm decks anymore. It seems. Yeah. <laughs> well, this week I had uh, I had I had less time for streaming than normal. We had Friday off last week. We did not uh, record an episode last week, which was great for me because I'd been working way too much, and I just needed the break uh, that night. And so we actually ended up playing Wild Rift, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, with uh, with our church community, we we got a group of five together and we played some five v five, some some fun wild rift games, which was really great. But I uh, I had had a had an expedition run. I had two seven win expedition runs last week on stream, uh, which was awesome. I'm trying to track them now because I've actually had more seven win expedition runs than I've had that have not gone for seven wins on stream <laughs> now. That's great. Um, and I'm thinking it's because 
people who play expedition are not as good at card games and <laughs> it's, it's the only because when i play hey, on ladder, maybe you're just maybe you're mm, just super good don't mm, you know don't count yourself uh, out bud. the places where i have thrived have typically been in much like i played Fortnite on the nintendo switch for a reason right um <laughs> because competition was just lower there right there was just a lot <laughs> more kids around on the on the switch um so but yeah so like it, it, but it's been great it's, it was really Really fun and then today because i'm like the luckiest person on earth with legends of runeterra i uh, i busted open i got like uh there was a a, a rare pack with the daily logins because if you guys don't know you haven't been playing there's daily login rewards to celebrate uh, lor's first birthday right now so you kind of get like a card back i think at the end of it and do you get a, a guardian as well like a yeah the, the, it's like you like do a little poro with a cupcake, I think. Yeah, yeah, so all seven days. But you have two weeks to do it, so you log in. But one of them gives a, a rare prismatic chest. And, of course, I got the upgrade to an epic prismatic chest, which then upgraded to a champion once it opened. So that is my third rare ch rare chest that's upgraded to prismatic champ. Um oh, so which wow. is which is which is nuts. So I now have five prismatic champions. I picked up Sejuani. I had the choice between Sejuani and Timo, and it wasn't an easy choice. Um, but I went so I have Sejuani, Ash, uh, Lux, Aurelian Soul, and Kindred now um as prismatic champs, and I have not spent a dime on purchasing prismatic champs. Um it That's is pretty good. It is pretty embarrassing though when you go into a match and you have a prismatic champ and you're not even mastery level one on it yet. It's embarrassing. It's a little embarrassing. It's like, it's like a, a a really because now with the mastery system, you can't flex just by making the prismatic champs, uh, because they know, like they know, like this guy probably spent money on this, and he's and yeah. he's probably no good with this character. So he's just a fanboy of this character. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, to be fair, like it doesn't it doesn't show you like it's not if it was retroactive. I feel like yeah, it would expose you, but like. <laughs> the first whole year they didn't have this so yeah, yeah. that's a whole year of experience that True. you know i i Fair. honestly don't even notice the mastery on the thing i i maybe that's a criticism it's not intended to be i just don't notice it i do like seeing the bar go up after a game like that's i like that fun. that feels fun you know, but I mean, I, I don't notice my opponents is what I should say. That is satisfying. <laughs> that is satisfying. Yeah. If you guys on the podcast just heard Michael Scott chime in and thank someone, that's because I forgot to mute alerts on the stream. So <laughs> oh, that's be, be wonderful. That's my bad. <laughs> that's my bad. Wow. So I also got a chance. So uh, we actually oh. we actually threw Shane here under the bus because our real guest is Steve Carell. Yeah. Steve, <laughs> thanks so much for being on the show with us today. It's an honor. <laughs> it's an honor, Steve. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Did I'm it, happy to be here then, geez. Yeah, it was a stretch <laughs> to get Steve on the show, but BNZ plays LOR. Um with wait, doesn't isn't post isn't post Malone post Malone plays post LOR? Post Malone played Tessel. Oh Tessel. Okay, it was Tessel. He Sorry, did. It's too long ago. Well, he doesn't anymore. He's, he's probably dead. not anymore, baby. Um, so I got to play a little bit of Wild Rift this week as well. And uh and so the hard part with LOR for me is that Wild Rift is out now, which I've really been enjoying, and TFT has their their next set is in and they're like uh their their test server right or whatever and shane i heard you got to play a couple of games of wild rift you've you've kind of checked it out um we'll talk a little bit further about your history with runeterra in general but what do you think about wild rift i'm just kind of curious yeah it's super fun um yeah i mean I, i've played league like forever on and off love and hate relationship i think like most people but yes. uh yeah wild rift is good i mean it was fun i 
it's pretty quick games. I'm normally like kind of if I'm gonna play a phone game, I want it to be like ten minutes. Like I, I'm, I'm a chemist at work, so a lot of times I have like these five ten minute breaks. So I'm like, all right, sweet, Runeterra game works, but like Wild Rift's just that a little bit too long for me. Yeah, fifteen yeah. to twenty minutes. Yeah. So yeah. I, I've played a couple games at home though. It's I mean it's surprisingly smooth for sure. It's one of those games where you sit down to poop and you're like, I'm gonna play a game and I'm gonna play Wild Rift, and then it takes so long. That it's awkward. It's an awkward yeah. length of time it's for not, pooping. It's not a pooping game. Yeah. Because yeah. you get I've up. I've noticed that too. You get up <laughs> and then your legs have fallen asleep and you crumble, yeah. right? Because you played, you just played too long on the toilet. You played too much. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Or whoever you live with is like kind of wondering, like, are they, are they all right in there? You know, that's they're like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> literally, What'd you eat, bud? Literally <laughs> did that today. And my, my four-year-old daughter was just hammering on the door and, <laughs> and screaming. And she's screaming, just going, dad, you're in there too long. <laughs> just like, I was like, just cool. And you're like, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing the Nexus right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, no, we're gonna win. I have four kills. Come on. Uh, yeah, no. Like she just wanted her father, and her father was just trying to win another game, just trying to finish my yeah. my my ranked prewreck. Just, pre just trying to to kill Na Baron. Uh, what's his face? Baron Nasher is his name. Oh, That's it. I I I see. I, for context, Shane, I was a Dota two man, oh, so nice. okay. I I didn't play League of Legends. I didn't know these characters until LOR. And now I picked up Wild Rift, and I'm like, whoa, there's so many other characters. Who the hell are these people, and what yeah, do they right. do? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have no idea right. who half the people are. And I'm seeing them running around, like, shooting things at me. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. No. <laughs> I mean, I am excited, though, that he's playing uh, Wild Rift, because now we'll actually be able to have conversations about new champs, potentially, because yeah. he'll have played them and mm -hmm. have some sort of an idea about what they do, which I'm sure you guys probably get to do that on the Twin Sons podcast. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, like I said, I played League, but I'm not like the ultimate League fanboy. Luckily, the other two people who are on the cast with me are like they own the encyclopedia; they can tell you everything about the League <laughs> universe. So they go super hard on those episodes, and we're like, oh, I wonder who would come mm. next, and you know, Josh will bust out the encyclopedia. See, We've never done those because I don't know any of the characters, but I feel like now we could do that one. Yeah. You know, like yeah. now I'm ready. Now I know now some can, of the characters. We could talk a little bit more about it. Yeah. And I'm sure there's going to be some wild rift crossover stuff too, but uh, let me go over Let me, let me transition. Let me thank our patrons over at uh, patreoncom slash legends guest. If you support the show, we want to just thank you so much. You guys are incredible. We appreciate every single one of you over there. I want to give a special thanks to nerf Lulu, who was our Season 2 Legends Guest Discord League winner and is now one of our Patreon supporters, paying back the love. I knew if I just kept him around here long enough, he would just give us all of the money back that we sent him, right? No, that's, that's not what I'm saying. And how could you replace it or, or even ever come up with a monetary value for a Legends Cast pint glass and a personalized trophy that was purchased mm -hmm. and sent there by Gibbles and Bits and DBN. You just can't beat that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, oh boy. Yeah. You know, and, and really, with like the two months it took me to mail it, you know? Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was, only, it was only like two and a half months. And we want, we also just want right. to say, like, hey, if you if you are a subscriber, you go over to patreon.com, you throw us a quarter an episode, 25 cents. That's a dollar a month. That gives you access 
to the Mulligan, which we're going to release a new episode of with this. Uh, the Mulligan is our Legends cast sideshow uh, where we don't talk about Legends of Runeterra. We talk about virtually like anything else. In fact, this week we're going to be talking about on 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 uh, the Mulligan, we're going to be talking about uh, each of us three games that did not stand the test of time and one game that did. So we're going to be looking at three games that didn't stand the test of time. We played as kids and came back to it and it weren't good and then one that did. And so if you're interested in learning more about me and DBN or talking stuff that isn't just that, you can do that. You also get a special spot in our Discord for patrons only where we ask most of our questions about the show and stuff. Go to our Patreon first and they get to you know to be able to chime in there and uh i don't think there's really any other benefits but it's really cool so if you want to go over to patreon.com slash legends cast and support us over there okay why don't we jump into our interview segment here with with shane today the party has arrived one question real quick yeah you said his his username was nerf lulu yeah yes. nerf lulu fantastic yeah yeah but if you talk to him about it he will genuinely try to convince you that lulu is a very strong character in league or in in lore oh i think in lore that's fantastic (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah uh i did get beat by it pretty i got trounced pretty hard she's not bad now she's pretty good yeah yeah Uh, yeah. yeah see i told you I told you, Mark. We talked right, about I'm that. I'm getting on the train. Nerf Lulu. Get her yeah, yeah, get her out. We're not going to go there. <laughs> Booter. Booter. Uh, okay, well, hey, Shane, we would love to get to know you a little bit. Love for our community to get a chance to know you a little bit. So this is literally what I know. I know that you're a chemist, and <laughs> I you do a Legends of Terror podcast called Twin Sons. That's about it. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. What got you into card gaming? I think that's something that's always interesting to me is to kind of hear kind of like, what was someone's story of when they got introduced to card games that eventually brought them to LOR? Because most of us didn't start in LOR. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Didn't start there. Uh, I had a nine-year-older brother, so he's, uh, however old he is now, I just make fun of him all the time because he's super old compared to me, which he's really not. Super but old. But yeah, he, yeah he's, he's, if you're listening, Tommy, you're so old. Uh, he, he pretty much forced me to play everything he played. Uh, he started playing card games when he was nine. So when he was nine, I was zero. And he was like, all right, I'm playing card games now. So as soon as uh, my younger brother can function, he will also play card games. And he didn't wait till I could read. He uh, he forced me to memorize pictures so I could play cards with him. And it wasn't like an easy card game. We played uh, Decipher's Star Wars uh, card game. I don't know if you ever played that with all the, the battlefields in the middle and your mm-hmm. light and dark side forcing different points and <laughs> spaceships. It was chaos. But yeah, I was like four playing that game. So that's when I started. And then he went through uh, a list of indie card games that we played throughout our whole life. Uh, a bunch of Star Wars ones because we're Star Wars fanatics, as you can see. I mean, a bunch of Star yeah. Wars stuff behind both of us. <laughs> uh, so yeah, a bunch of Star Wars card games. Um, and then really, you know, none of the really generic big ones, though. I like, never played Magic much. Never played Yu-Gi-Oh! played pokemon a little bit but like you know mainly just to collect it type of thing so it's a little more of a a weird card game history than a generic like i played magic for 10 years and now i play this yeah that's interesting okay so but you made them eventually like you made the jump to digital card games was there digital card games before lor or was lor the first digital one uh yeah just hearthstone really um played when hearthstone first came out uh was actually played uh hearthstone's irl 
card game. Like they had a real card game. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I had that. I was actually talking to a buddy the other day because I had the flame tabard in World of Warcraft because I opened a pack nice. of World of Warcraft cards with that. Nice. That's probably worth something now, but I don't even know how to get access to my account. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, the game was pretty fun. They had they had some cool mechanics. There was like raids and things. You'd fight like a Nixie and all in the card game. It was like a one v four type match. It was it was fun. But when that came out to uh, which we call it to digital, I was like, all right, yeah, definitely check this out. You know, I played card games my whole life, so let's check out digital card games. And yeah, Hearthstone was great. I mean, I I big fan of the Warcraft universe. Never played WoW. Just played a ton of Warcraft three. Like like way too mm. much Warcraft three. That's probably mm. good for you. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> played a ton of that. And then, uh, yeah, jumped over to Hearthstone, played Hearthstone, you know, relatively competitively, like handshaky, you know, tried to get Legend multiple times, but like nothing tournament-wise, just definitely casual, like on my iPad. And uh, played it for like probably four or five years consistently, and then on and off for like a year after that. And that's really the only digital card game. Yeah, and then, and then of course, I brought you over to, to LOR. So what drew you to LOR? Because you were kind of like a light league player, not like super into yeah. it but i mean if you if you it's hard to leave a, a game that you have a an established collection in right so like i played hearthstone yeah. i played tessel the only reason i'm in lor is because of the fact that tessel died otherwise i'd, I'd still be playing tessel um because i had an established yeah. card base there so why jump from hearthstone over to a game like lor yeah it's interesting it's like uh, i feel like hearthstone i was kind of already out like on my way out i was playing a lot of uh star wars destiny it's another physical card yeah game that's the one with yeah. uh, dice as well right it uses yeah, dice exactly. and cards. Yeah. yeah yeah same people who make imperial assault and then we were talking about that pre-show but yeah so they i was playing that game a lot um a really fun game that also died so that's kind of more of like the thing that died and then i was kind of you know all right i want i want to play another card game that's current definitely don't want to go back to hearthstone just because i've I don't feel like dusting my whole collection so I can play two classes, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Uh, League 10 came out, the, the big 10-year anniversary thing where they started announcing all the games. And, you know, I'm just tuned into Riot's universe just because I, I like all their stuff typically. You know, I've always liked League, um, like you said, casually. But, uh, yeah, me and my friend Josh, who's the the co-host of, of the cast, you know, we were watching that. And they came out with some of, like, the boldest card game claims I've ever heard. And I've been playing card games for, like, at that point, like 20 years. And they were like, yeah, we're going to have, uh, it's going to be like fully free to play. Every card's going to be viable. And I was like, all right, these guys are obviously going to fall on their face or be <laughs> super successful. Sure, sure. So I was like, all right, we got to check it out. <laughs> uh, tried the open beta and was just like instantaneously hooked. And then that's that's pretty much the story about how I found more. Yeah, well, to be fair, like, okay, they have made a game. They came through on one of those two claims. Yeah. This, this game is very free to play friendly. Every card, every card in a deck being viable, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe that was a tall order, you know. <laughs> yeah, that one's uh, pretty close to impossible in most cards. Yeah, games, but I feel like be. I feel like they care more than most other companies about yeah. the the ideal of it. I feel like you know, as long as they're realistic about like, yeah, we, we won't actually be able to do it, but you know, that is still their you know their unachievable goal that they're still striving for. Like, I yeah. like that about it. For sure, yeah. Oh, the, the third one was also the uh, we're going to balance once a month type of thing. So coming from a, I mean, Hearthstone oh, rarely yeah. balanced before, but coming from a physical card game, balance was, you know, once a year, maybe once every six months if something was super harsh. Uh, you know, so balancing once a month, I was like, these guys are insane. Like, it's not going to work. I'm going to hate the schedule. And then, you know, two weeks go by and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, where's the balance now? And now I'm like, all right, they've created a monster in me. I was the guy who was saying, no. <laughs> 
they've got a way for balance, but. Yeah, I, I, I remember having that very similar experience with LOR when I got into it. And uh, it's really interesting now because you, right, the communities sort of blend to whatever the game is. And then and they, but they will always find something that they're not happy about, right? Communities are really good at that. <laughs> they're, they're great at finding something that they're like, how dare you? And like, I, I love because we brought people over from a different card game, right? Into a new community and into a new game. And we had problems with people who were like, they're not making adjustments to cards quick enough. How dare they? They should make adjustments faster. I'm like, do you remember the game that we used to play? And we would wait six right. months for them to make a card adjustment. Like yep. every month there's a batch of adjustments in this game. Uh, and I yeah. feel like I'm kind of spoiled by that too. Like, I feel like it would be hard to play another digital card game without that. Yeah, they've definitely like close to revolutionized that system. It definitely feels like, and I've dabbled in a few other digital card games since like very very lightly but it does feel archaic even just like watching and looking and just thinking about like wow i you know i'll watch a game of hearthstone i'm like wait that card still does this i'm like it's been so long it's still such a staple and i yeah i went and looked at actually a i just got linked to it somehow i don't play hearthstone anymore but i saw a you know how like google will recommend like articles and stuff yeah yeah it recommended like and i don't know why it thought i played hearthstone but silly google um (laughs) But it was like, uh, here's a link to the top meta face hunter. And I was like, okay. I was a hunter main in Hearthstone. And I say main because I was free to play. So really, you kind of had to main a, a couple classes because you weren't getting everything. Yeah. Um, and so I like that was the only one that I had like a gold portrait on was hunter. I just played the crap out of hunter. Every, every play style possible. So like I played OG face hunter like right after Naxxramas. Right. Yeah. And so I'm like, huh. All right. I've played like five iterations of Face Hunter across the time I spent playing Hearthstone. Let me look at this. I looked at this and like my mouth dropped to the floor. I'm like, first off, like three of the best Face Hunter cards ever have been reprinted under either a new like uh name or just still exist. Mm-hmm. And then like all of the other ones are basically strict upgrades of the old face under cards they used to play. What is going on here? <laughs> I could not believe it. Every time, yeah. every time, uh, every time DBN mentions his Hearthstone career and he says he has Golden Hunter, I do always have to flex a little bit, Shane, and remind him that I played enough Hearthstone to have 500 ranked wins on every class, uh, no. and had the had the had the full Golden Portrait set. So, see, so I came from Hearthstone see, but too. I probably, a lot of I to be fair, I probably would have had Gold Hunter like three or four times over. That's probably so. <laughs> probably accurate. Probably accurate. Um, okay, Shane. So tell me, like, we learned a little bit about what. You like about LOR? What brought you to LOR? Why podcasting? And then that I think that's oh, yeah. a. I'm kind of curious. Uh, do you? I mean, do you? Are you a streamer in addition? Because sometimes people are streamers. I mean, I started off in podcasting, and it brought me to a little bit of streaming. Um, but I'm kind of curious. Like, what what brought you into making Twin Sons a thing? Yeah. Um. Really, it was. So we were uh, a friend of mine named Jack was super, and my brother as well were super super into Star Wars Destiny, as I was mentioning. So physical card game uh, with dice involved, super good mechanics, only lasted about two years or so, maybe three. But they had a podcast for that, and I jumped on that, and that was my first time any with any content creation whatsoever. Uh, so I was doing a decent amount. You know, probably I recorded maybe 15 episodes. They went for like 50 or so. They had a ton of different guests rotating door of a bunch of different people. 
So I recorded uh, a few there and I, and I enjoyed doing it. Um, it was just, it, they were very, very tournament focused. They were really crushing tournaments a lot. They're going to worlds and things like that. And I was just like, all right, I'm clearly bringing the show down when the segment is all about the world's meta. Cause I just want to meme with like random hero vehicles and like use Poe Dameron and, and nonsense. So it's kind of just like, <laughs> all right, you know what? I'm going to, you know, back off a little bit just because they're, they're going into the competitive route. And then eventually, uh, you know, that game died, like, like all card games eventually pretty much do. But um, except Magic, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that is the Eternal game. <laughs> yeah, Magic the Eternal. So yeah, then I, you know, saw Lore, and like I said, like, you know, their bolds are so, their claims are so bold, uh, you know, and frankly just absurd. Uh, and once I got my hands on it during beta, uh, my friends, you know, most of my friend group was kind of ramping up with excitement. I had just come off of Destiny pretty hard, so I was like, all right, I am going to just, like, dive in as hard as I can to this game. Because, you know, I've never really made content before. I want to start making content on something. So then I was like, all right, you know what? The only thing I really know is podcasting. I've done podcasting a bit. Uh, streaming, I I barely stream. You know, we, we stream here and there just for some, like, fun room terror runs. Or if I feel like playing something on the side, you know, some Valorant or Overwatch or something. But not much. Uh, I definitely am not the streamer type. I, I don't have it in me for, you know, hours on end. So I really enjoy the podcast, YouTube video style of content creation, just kind of put an hour effort into doing something and then spend a bunch of time behind the scenes of making it look pretty sound good and then blasting it out and things like that. So that's kind of where I started with uh, content creation on that side. Oh, okay. That's really cool. That's really cool. Okay. Some, some Runeterra questions and DBN, you're going to have to come up with at least one. So I'm not the only person who has these things. Um, okay. What is, uh, what, okay. What was like the, 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 your favorite deck? Now that deck may have been nerfed and maybe it doesn't exist anymore, but what was the time where you had like the deck that was like your favorite deck. So, I mean, we're one year in, so it's not a ton of yeah, time, yeah. but you probably have that one deck that you just loved at one point. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, I got to say, so I'm very much like, uh, if it's really meta, I really don't want to play it. I want to like mm -hmm. homebrew pretty much everything. And I almost hate myself for it because I'm like, I will not climb because I won't play like a meta deck. That's why I'm actually trying to play Sejuani Rennington enough now. So I can, so like, all right, at least it's like, here too but it's still known and pretty well decked but back in the day before shen lux was a thing i had made shen lux in i was in diamond the bottom of diamond in the first season that there was like masters and rank season up made shen lux and i just kind of fell on it was running like three stand uniteds was like all about lux all about shen and barrier tricks and i climbed straight through diamond into top 16 in masters so i made rank 16 in masters with shen lux on like an absurd like 22 and two like win streak wow. and then plummeted directly after that so i just got like <laughs> an amazing streak but something about stand united and just switching and watching like lux flip as you play that getting a crazy combat trick through getting a final spark that mm. deck was mid-rangey but it could counter control could counter aggro with healing by by far my favorite deck that i that i've ever put together and played that much do you Very still play cool. it or a version of it? I did for like two seasons. I haven't touched it in a while, in, in a good long while, which I probably should. But it was, man, it was so fun. I, <laughs> I played it for that season. And then next season, I climbed up with it for a little bit. That was when builds dropped. So builds dropped there. And then I, I you know, was really excited about all the builds cards. So I jumped into a lot of that. But man, that deck was definitely my favorite so far. Haven't, haven't been able Would to Would you say that, uh, because for, for context, I asked this because Mark and I kind of have our, you know the the topics that we kind of rail on all the time but also like the types of decks or champions that like we're very like well known within our community for yeah. either playing a lot or having strong opinions like is that your like what you're kind of 
I don't know, not I don't want to say like known for, but like in your your community, is that like your bread and butter, or like is like what would you say your the champ that's like oh okay it's it's Shane he it's this champ it's yeah. Shane. You know, it's funny. It was um, it it's Radiant Guardian was the card uh, that was like <laughs> I, I've I've made masters every time except one season, and the four of those out of like the five or six of it was had Radiant Guardian in deck. <laughs> so it's not a champ, but it was yeah. always like just go to like when aggro gets heavy. I'm just like, all right, three Radiant Guardians, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> when, when you talk about it, everybody rolls their eyes, like yeah, ah, okay, all yeah. right. This is pre nerf. Now, now it's only got four attack. It's still good, but it was yeah, yeah. When it was a five five, it was it was always Remembrance and Radiant Guardian because that Lux deck had three Remembrance as well. So it was course, always that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hate the Mossy, so it makes me sad. That, that's my <laughs> answer. I honestly will say like I don't enjoy demasi at all i hate playing batterman and everything but like for some reason remembrance and radiant guardian that was my jam i'm starting to Is feel maybe because like those cards and lux feel the least like demasia yeah that's, that's a really good point it, that's probably what it is it has nothing yeah. to do with like the standard demasia curve yeah I'm really starting to feel like with every comment that Shane is making that Shane and DBN are actually they're each other's spirit animals uh, in this game. And I'm feeling like I might not be invited back for next week's episode. And right, um, I'll be I'll be announcing next week's. Hi, this is Mark from the Twin Sons podcast. <laughs> we're just going to do it. We're just going to take it into the offseason and make a trade. Yeah. And just swap. I'm like for how many times I've heard DBN say I don't play meta i only play off meta or yeah. counter meta and how many times i've heard him say i hate demacia i don't know <laughs> but it's like holy crap i'm talking to the same two people um you know i didn't even need to be here man i could have taken the night off <laughs> yeah and you, both, and you both played ultimate frisbee in high in college like yeah. i don't I, I can't i can't keep up man this is like the two same people i didn't know i had no idea you're out of your element mark <laughs> i guess so i guess so i'm really out numbered tonight uh okay dbn do you have a question for shane before we move on and, and talk about the main segment tonight yeah all i kind of want to know just for our listeners uh obviously we're gonna have shane talk about uh how to get connected with twin sons and whatnot but just for fun uh just a couple of uh quick things i want to yeah. hear your favorite region i want to hear your favorite champion yeah and of questions. course the reasonings why yeah oh yeah good point good point uh i'm gonna go with uh shadow isles and double down there i'm gonna go with hecarim okay okay i'm going with yeah yeah that like the ephemeral you know mid-range kind of just all or nothing just send the boat just go crazy and just send it <laughs> if you don't have it yeah you're just you're kind of boned so that's that's my favorite for sure uh but also biased because hecarim is like the only champion i consider myself half decent with in league of legends so, oh, okay yeah, yeah, yeah a little yeah. bit of carry over there yeah a little bit of carryover from league the, the very little that i have to carry over from league it's definitely hecarim he's like kind of my insta lock one i'm a one trick hecarim jungle <laughs> in, in bronze or silver tormenting people yeah <laughs> perfect perfect sweet well yeah let's uh let's let's pop on over to the section because because like the segment i'm really interested to hear what you think like we've got for uh for our underrated slash sleeper picks here because i feel like mark and i have tread a lot of the same ground we also have a lot of like similar kind of takes on what decks are you know good and what cards are good and which ones need some love and so like we've been on on the on this like ionia hyping not hyping but like ionia please fix train for a while mm -hmm. and so i i'm interested to see you know how much of these cards for the sleeper picks being something that is 
you know, all together viewed as maybe not as good as it, as it should be, but we think it might be better than it, than people think it is like, I feel like Mark and I may land in similar areas. And so I'm really excited to see where you land. <laughs> Time for the main event. Yeah, so for everyone who's listening, just to, so you know, what we decided to do is we decided to go with the top three for each of us, what we think is like the top three sleeper cards, which which may mean a couple of different things. So it may mean they're not seeing any play right now, but we think they're good and just haven't been discovered. It could mean they are good cards. They're already in a deck, but we think that they could become build around cards or even much, much better cards. Um, or it could mean our own definitions that we... We will explain when we tell you why we think it's a sleeper card. It's really entirely up to us because we're the ones with microphones and you're the one with headphones. So we get to decide. <laughs> uh, that's just kind of how it rolls with the podcast. Um, I am going to make DBN start, though. So we are going to dive in and just go over. Uh, like I said, each of us is going to give a card. We'll go around. We'll do uh, We'll do DBN, Shane, and then me because I have the least idea of what's good. And maybe if I listen to them, I'll get kind of an idea. And we'll go around. <laughs> we'll each give one and then each give one and then each give one and and uh, and just go through uh, three each. Sounds good. Uh, DBN, how about you? What's your first card that you think is is a key sleeper pick in LOR right now. Yeah, this is one that I actually played a lot on release, loved it, won a ton of games uh, with, and then for like, I don't know, six months, didn't touch again. But every time I would build a deck in this faction, I would look at it and kind of raise an eyebrow and then maybe pass it over, right? But recently, I actually have been playing it a good amount in a... Uh, I guess I would say off. it's off meta for sure, but I, I think it's probably a, like tier two level aggro list, um, which is uh, Gibby's actually. It's his, his list originally, and I've done some tinkering with it to make it more my preference, but uh, he calls it his uh, Beach Bonanza, and it is uh, Sharima and Bilgewater. Uh, just all in aggro, like absolutely all in, like no... It doesn't really have much resource extension. It doesn't really, you know, run too much in the late game. It just says, I'm just going to send everything face. I'm going to get as wide as possible, as fast as humanly possible, um, and trigger plunders that way, right? By Just by things going unblocked. Mm -hmm. um, and the card that has won me so many games in this, and by the way, I, I really do think that this deck is like, teetering on top tier it just needed like it just needs like another scout in bilgewater or or shirima and this thing could be absolutely bonkers with azir and misfortune like absolutely insane the deck is so cool uh but the one that wins me all the games that like nobody talks about is citrus courier holy Ooh. crap citrus courier is a freaking animal it's a beast of a card when you get its plunder off the key is you have to get its plunder off right and so after the nerf to uh, Yordle Grifter, it just became a lot harder, as everybody knows with Rex, just to get that plunder consistently. But if you're getting cards, uh, if you're getting to go super, super wide with Sand Soldiers and Monkeys and whatnot, and just sending it all at the face, Citrus Courier is super appealing for a deck like that that really needs to end no later than, like, turn seven. Um, and so just the rally, especially with Azir and Misfortune, it's, it just pays off so hard. You get the slight little bit of heal, to your units but really it's more about healing your nexus in that aggro matchup and then of course the rally just dominates so such so as courier my number three definitely a sleeper pick oh man that was a good one i was i was really once you started talking i was like oh man if he says like 
the uh the five drop four four the the razor crest guy mm-hmm. the, the little mm-hmm. naga guy he's like my favorite card ever i have no idea why but i'm obsessed <laughs> with him and i was like All right, we're actually going to be the same person if he says this. yo <laughs> not so so this is really funny and mark knows this because yep. that was one of my like favorite cards coming into the bilgewater set yes. like i was like i hyped the shit out of that at the yeah. beginning of bilgewater <laughs> we had a lot That's of conversation we had an uncomfortable amount of conversation about that card early on yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> Dude, i still love him I, I i'm like obsessed with like nautical stuff so i think that's mostly yeah. why but i'm like he's so he's so cool i try to fit him in like every bilge deck i make and i'm like all right he probably doesn't fit now citrus curry is a good one i'm gonna uh i'll continue with the the ephemeral theme a little bit i'm gonna go with uh mask mother she's Ooh. uh she's new i just realized that all three of the ones i picked are actually all new cards so sorry if this is a cop-out guys but uh no, Mask- no that's good <laughs> mask mother is super sweet i made a deck with her uh recently she's crazy so she's the two true with uh fearsome she's a two drop from shadow isles when she you play her you kill an ally and then you grant it all its keywords and stats but you don't grant negative keywords so you mm-hmm. don't gain like ephemeral or anything weird like can't block and all that so she's nuts um you know just playing her after you play like a dark water scourge you get a seven seven fearsome life steals like really insane but i think the reason i want to put her under the underrated because she's you know ephemerals in general little underrated right now or slept on but she kind of is a card that makes you kind of think about everything else that comes out in the game a little bit differently anytime they add another ephemeral unit you can look at her anytime you add something to the last breath you can look at her so that's probably me being a little bit of a homer in shadow isles but that is my pick for uh for first card slept on yeah I, you know what mask mother is a really good card it is a it is a really good card in in honestly like i think even one of the other things too is like when you one of the things about mask mother is is that you if you're playing a deck that's running like I, i've been playing a lot of shadow isles mono shadow isles aggro is kind of like that's the deck that i'm known for in our community and one of the things i've been thinking about running it in is uh is that is that deck simply because a lot of times you want to get fearsome stuff out and there's a couple of things that aren't fearsome and so you can actually take the stats on another creature and just give it fearsome and give it plus yeah. two plus two instead of looking at it as well this is sacking something and i want to sack something that's good sometimes you can yeah. just say well, I, I have a, a four three cursed guy on the board. I can make him a I can make him a, a six a six five with fearsome for two mana. Yeah, that's pretty stinking good. Whenever you're trying to get more fearsome stuff up to eliminate what you're because sometimes your opponent can chump block and you don't want him to chump block. I I, I think that that's a great one. Um, this is a card that I think is a really interesting card because I think it actually might enable, I have not seen really anybody play this card and I think it might potentially enable some combo stuff in the future. I've, I always try to keep an eye on a card that says like, okay, what could this card do? Not now, but it could do sometime in the future, right? That might like, un- it might unlock its potential in the future. So the one I'm going to go with is Frail Yord and it's a new one from Frail Yord, Ancestral Boon, which is a two mana burst, give uh, an ally, top ally in your deck plus two plus two but if you're enlightened it grants all allies in your deck plus two plus two and i've been kind of keeping my eye on this card because i'm like you know that's pretty strong with karma that's pretty strong with 
play karma. Uh, they try to deal with karma, and you give everything in your deck plus four, plus four if you're enlightened. Um, now, if On Ionia wasn't just hot trash right now, um, it would, <laughs> might make sense. But like a Freljord Ionia deck I'm looking at, and I'm like, man, there's there's some potentially some cool things that you could do there. It's probably always too slow, but I'm, I've always loved sort of the deck buffing of Freljord. Um, and I loved it when Avaros and Hearthguard was good before we sort of had like some, you know, some creep in the power level and it's kind of gotten pushed out at this point. Really loved Avaros and Hearthguard. Really love some of the deck buffing elements of Freljord. That's always been kind of the way I've liked to play Freljord. It's sort of like constant curve out pressure that's just going to get to the point that it's insurmountable for my opponent. And this kind of gives you a way to play something very similar, um, but an end game strategy uh, that maybe looks more like control instead of mid-range and then like super buffs your deck at the end of the game through doubling this spell a couple of times. So mine is Ancestral Boon. It's probably a terrible sleeper, but it's my sleeper. So <laughs> that's yeah, all that matters. Just right? be happy that you don't have to sleep with it. I do. So that's my pick. Uh, my that's first right. one is that was such a bad joke. That was like, yeah, I have two kids bad joke. That's what that you know what? It was I don't a, get out it was enough. A, yeah, it was a dad joke there, but that's all right, man. You know, we got We got to work those in at some point. It was fast. At least it was a quick, terrible joke. Uh, you know, you 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 ripped the bandaid off. Mm, that, that's exactly what it was. DBM, we're back around the, to you, man. What is uh? What's your second sleeper pick? This is this is actually um, this one. I, I had a hard time picking another one. Um, and I was kind of between like three different things. You know, so like, uh, you know, honorable mention, I think, to Blinding Assault, because Blinding Assault is one that I think has mm. gone in and out of being good and sleeper, I think. But I think it's more widely applicable than people use it in. Like, I love using it with Riven and getting a quick attack fragment and slapping it on Valor. That's super fun. Mm. So I just wanted to, I almost include that. But then I cut it because I was like, nah, people play this card, though. You know, like people scouts, play it yeah, in Scouts. So, you know. um. So I, I was just going back to actually the deck that I've been talking about the most recently and, and that I feel like has been one that people have been, people who've tried it, who found out about the deck through the Discord and through the podcast have all reported back really favorable things about this list. So I'm going to say Black Rose Spy. Black Ooh. Rose Spy is a massive sleeper in the meta lists. Um, and uh, just for your context, Shane, uh, I think last episode, uh, I kind of shared this deck list that I had been working on with Gibbles and Bits and one or two other people in the community. And we, uh, uh, this, it's, um, so it's Sharima and Noxus, and it is uh, Sivir and Darius. And it uses Black Rose Spy to get extra copies of Sivir and or Darius. And then it also runs two copies of Apprehend to get sick rally potentials off of That's Darius. Awesome. And, you know, slow speed stuns, as demonstrated by Thorn of the Rose, are still worth it. Like, they're yeah, still yeah. good. So, like, worst case scenario, you get a two-cost, you know, Guile, and that's still worth having sometimes. And best case scenario, you rally with the Darius. Right. And potentially multiple Dariuses. Because let's say your Darius swings in, gets killed, you can then Black Rose Spy, because Black Rose Spy doesn't need it to live. It just needs it to have struck. So now you have another Darius, and now you rally and swing again, and it's hilarious. But Black Rose Spy, I feel like, is even more, it's like applicable so much more than people even think, because as we've seen with Reputation, Reputation's not that hard to trigger. You just have to build your deck around it. And once you do, 
if you're playing a black rose spy on turn six or seven and just copying let's say a five drop it's still a five drop that costed you two mana which is like great. that's so much pressure and if you really do have to slam a black rose spy as a blank card it's a three attack two drop yeah that's still the best combination of stats in lor for two cost so even though it's blank it still has wide reaching potential if you have to like stem an aggressive uh tide yeah you can still drop it on two so black rose spy i feel like people just need to they need to show her some love that's all i'm gonna say black rose we're, spy we're definitely yep. spitting here in like the same wavelength just so my next one's a, a reputation card as well uh, nice. So we're thinking the nice. same same speed. I will say I gotta share a crazy glitch I had real quick with Black Rose Spike. So I was playing a oh, really a LeBlanc Darius Siver. I was playing a, a three three deck. Okay, thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, three champ deck, and yeah, I had a I had Black Rose Spike, and I was doing the, the shenanigans with it. But something happened where I started attack with Darius. Darius strikes, drops their Nexus to eight health, but he dies. So then I he doesn't level because he dies. Yeah. So then I play Black Rose Spy and she becomes an unleveled Darius. Yeah. But at that point I had three Black Rose Spies in hand, so I play three, three Dariuses. <laughs> I have so many screenshots of this game because I was like, "What is happening?" So there's three level one Dariuses with my opponent's Nexus at eight health, which is just like the funniest looking screenshot yeah. I've ever had. And then I I decimate the Nexus. And it goes to four, and for some reason that will then proc. Darius. Yeah, because so it's they when they go down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 It's yeah. A, I run into that too. That was a weird little thing. I'd really be like, weird. wait, 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 what? <laughs> and then you just yeah. have to put a single point of damage on them to remind the yes. Black Rose Spy <laughs> slash Darius. Oh, wait, it was below ten. Okay, <laughs> let me get it yeah. together real fast. That, that's how you know the Black Rose Spy isn't really Darius. You know, Darius right. would have been on top of his shit. <laughs> he would have leveled. Yeah, exactly. that's right. That's right. He would have known. <laughs> Yeah, that was like one of my favorite screenshot series. I'm just like, what is that? Like, why did I have three Black Rose Spies first off? And then like, why, <laughs> why are they just level one? Yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, I went with um, the uh, Sigil of Malice, the, the four cost, two damage, but it turns mm. into a one cost with reputation. I went with that one because I had slotted that into a few. I, I mean, I feel like you could have just said uh, reputation in general was the most slept yeah. on thing because it yeah, was so slept on. I slept on it so hard. I did too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was there. I was like, you know, I wasn't one of the people in the camp of saying LeBlanc is like the worst printed champ and like you ruined my favorite champion. Like that was out there. <laughs> uh, I didn't care that much. <laughs> but, you know, I, I definitely was like, yeah, I think it'll be mediocre at best. But I think it's actually pretty legit. And uh, yeah, that card, I haven't seen ran a ton in those lists. And I've always put like one or two in there. And it always feels nice for just like a one cost two damage at fast speed, which is uh, something that Noxus normally can't do a ton of without other triggers. And then. Honorable mention for this slot was actually Thorn of the Rose as well that you were talking about, which was the uh, the create the one, the create the guile for one. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. same page. I think that whole yeah. archetype of cards was definitely slept on. Yeah, I think that was slept on by like the entire community. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. I think everyone looked at Reputation. It came out really late in the release schedule, and everyone's mm -hmm. like, "Oh, but Azir's coming out in two days." <laughs> like, like yeah. all I can remember whenever they whenever they revealed LeBlanc was like, "LeBlanc is garbage." No one remembered that Reputation was a thing, and then and then everyone was like, "But Azir comes out, so maybe that's a good thing." And then uh, and then whispered words. That's not a slept-on card, because I knew that card was going to be good from the beginning, but that card is nuts. <laughs> that's are so yeah. good. Yeah, um, that was like the one that was like, all right, this one's clearly going to be pretty dang good. Yeah. Package, yeah. So good. And it's like still decent at four mana. Like, come on. Yeah, it's not terrible. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so my next sleeper card comes from the land of Demacia, and it comes from way back. It comes from before the game was released, over a year ago. This card hasn't seen play, but I don't think that this card is bad, and I think it could see play again, especially in a couple of the lists that we're seeing. That card is Don Speakers. Um, for me, Don Speakers, the three mana, one four, round and grant other allies, plus one, plus one, if an ally died this round. There is a lot of, especially with sort of the rise of some of the stuff with slay um i think that the more we see sort of slay stuff being introduced into shadow isles and the more that shadow isles wants to sack its own creatures the better and better dawn speakers becomes the more that if we ever get in a meta where there's just not a lot of super reliable let's say some of our board clears get nerfed and stuff um yeah. and, and like building a board and then establishing and keeping that board specifically with shadow house right this was at least i haven't seen this card talked about really since i think like dawn spiders 2.0 uh whenever swim was running it uh right before we got to bilge water but i think yeah. this card is still good um and it's my sleeper because it's just like this card has been completely forgotten about and i think yeah. this card is is still worth experimenting with it can build a pretty nasty board pretty quick yeah i'm surprised we haven't seen it with uh the uh sand soldiers yet too that, that's a pretty good synergy right there yeah, between dying as well. Yeah, the sand soldiers, and then and then there's also been uh, you know Elise has come back. Um, sort yeah. of spider aggro has come back, but a lot of that's been experimented with specifically with Noxus because the the exciting new tools right for spiders yeah. is in Noxus. So you, until they give us three region stuff, um, we're we're not going to be able to get access to that. I guess yeah. I don't think we're getting tri region <laughs> stuff not. anytime soon. <laughs> Let's yeah. hope not. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think we're getting charges. Okay, uh, DBN, how about you? Your uh, your third third and final sleeper pick for uh, this for is this the one discussion. I this is the one I thought of instantly. Like when when we came up with this topic, this is the one I was like, this card is going to be my number one. It's one of the cards that I've won the most games with in an off meta list. Okay. Um, and it is Cygnus the Moonstalker. Ooh, okay. I love Nightfall Aggro. I also just love Nightfall Midrange, weirdly. And Cygnus the Moonstalker is an absolute beast that people just don't prepare for. And it gives you two sources of reach potential when you drop it because it's not they're going to have to deal with two big elusive units, you know? And, uh, you know, it's not so hard to trigger if you build around it. It's got the magical kind of three defense, so it sticks out of the range of, like, Avalanche or, uh, you know, Mystic Shot or whatever. So Cygnus is just... I feel like we just don't have that perfect mid-rangey pairing for it to really make it pop out and be, like, that threat that we that, that it is on paper. You know, but I've played it with Riven. I've played like Riven Diana, uh, and it's been a beast. I've played uh, TF Diana, and it's been a beast. And really, it was better than the champions in both of those decks. Mm -hmm. So, Cygnus the Moonstalker, my number one sleeper pick. I, I'm just literally, I'm just checking my watch for when the card comes out that makes this truly, truly shine in a top tier list. He's a That's really good, good finisher. Yeah, really Josh good. would, uh, my co-host would definitely be all about that. He was been playing Nightfall a ton lately, and you know that card and Moonlight Affliction both are like kind yeah. of built a similar position, but they're both super solid finishers. So, 
Yeah, Cygnus is good. He definitely definitely gets a little bit more hate than he deserves. He's, he should probably make more of those lists. Hmm. Yeah, Cygnus, it's – I don't understand the hate at all. It's It's a – game winner like it just clinches so many games partly because people don't expect it but yeah yeah absolutely shane how about you man what is your uh what's your your final sleeper pick and uh and why is it your final sleeper pick yeah uh chef keaton in chat he he beat me to it so shout out to chef keaton but the, the final one is uh in fact field musicians he's uh the new ionian card who essentially uh after you play three units in a turn you refill your spell mana and uh you get to draw a card so uh, he's he's pretty wild he's pretty funny uh, i have a deck with uh azir and zed says ionia and using sand soldiers to refill the mana and i'm using like all of the sand soldier tech so like even the uh azir's actual burst speed champion spell like running three hard copies of that because it costs three you summon a sand soldier and then if that's your third unit you get three mana back you create a fleeting copy of that card in your hand and you play it right down again mm. get another sand soldier just a super fun rush deck i'm even using the uh seven cost summon six sand soldiers and give your whole opponent's board uh vulnerable which is an, an hilarious card but it's like full on in into like leveling zed leveling azir playing a million sand soldiers and just rushing down but field musician makes those type of decks in a way where kind of like how dawn speakers makes a deck All right now it just thickens your board so it makes it resistant to removal makes it just output a little bit more damage field musicians has this other effect where those decks you normally run out of cards really quick and the refilling spell mana is nice but the card draw is really the important part in my opinion getting to draw a card after you summon three units is really clutch so you can consistently just keep your hand fresh since your your deck mana curve is normally really low so he's probably not going to ever reach uh, like a high tier or anything like that but uh as far as like tier two or tier three, just super fun style decks. Field Musicians is uh, super, super fun. Field Musicians. That's one that I have not experimented with, but I've definitely seen people mm. like there, there, there's there been people who've been playing around with it in our community. Um, yeah, I, I've seen a it's couple been popping of decks. up a lot recently. It's a lot of dabbling. A lot of people jump on it for a little bit and like, okay, yeah, does. yeah. I feel like it's yeah. another one of those cards that's like maybe a card off. Right, like it's one of those cards. It's like, okay, yeah. what is? Maybe there's one thing that we're missing that's gonna push this card to being like truly, really, really strong. Um, right. Yeah, that, that's that. Yeah, I, but I think Field Musicians is a really fun. It's a really creative card too. I think that's yeah. one of the unique things about it is is that it is really it's a really creative card. Um, okay, so my number one sleeper pick um, is going to be Atrocity. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> no one is playing this. Yeah, I think it's just Atrocity. Um, now, my number one, my number one sleeper pick is I, I was actually between two cards because I've been keeping a secret sleeper pick for a while that I've been waiting for someone to use, which is Smooth Soloist, just because. Anytime stuff gets discounted in your deck, I'm always kind of like, who's going to break this card? Someone's breaking it at some point. But I'm I'm sort of to the point now where I'm kind of convinced that it's not going to be broken. So the card that I'm going to pick is actually a seven mana card as well. And maybe this is just because of my experience in Expeditions and this isn't really a sleeper pick, but it's Spirit Fire. Um, the seven mana burst spell give all enemies minus two minus zero this round and then at round end deal two damage to me now 
when I read this card, I could not figure out what the heck it did. I don't know why, but the language in it was like, I couldn't figure out if I gave them minus two, minus zero, and then at the end of the turn, it dealt two damage to the opponent's face, or it dealt two damage to me? <laughs> was I taking two damage from everything, or or were the they- computer takes two damage? Yeah, well, yeah, there's something, <laughs> there's something that's taking damage here. I just can't figure out where that damage is gonna go. But I've experienced it a lot. It's kind of like an all-star in expeditions, because it, it oftentimes tricks the entire board, clears your opponent's board, and just absolutely wrecks people. Um, I think the reason why this card is not seeing a lot of play right now um, is very is just specifically because we're not really seeing a ton of control out of Shurima yet because we haven't seen all the tools for it, right? We've yeah. seen some better aggressive strategies. Um, and in the control list that we are seeing, uh, the, the Nasus atrocity list, the, you don't really need spirit fire like that's not you have a lot of minions and chump blockers and stuff and you're doing a lot of slang like you're not really you don't really need spirit fire for that um, but i think there's probably a point where we do get to a time where we really we really want spirit fire to slow down the board and i think it's a really great trick and tool and the fact that it is burst speed to me that's the thing like yeah, yeah. If, if this card is slow i don't care about it but it's burst and uh so I, that's my sleeper pick, and I'm glad to see there's at least one person in chat who agrees with me. So that means I'm not totally complete, like just like a totally completely insane expedition player. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's co-host Josh there. I knew. So first off, I thought he was gonna spaz when you said atrocity because he will complain about atrocity every single episode. So I was like, this is gonna be great. But he uh, adores adores uh, Spirit Fire. I mean, it, it's a crazy card. It really is. I've I've tried it a ton in like Swain fearsome with uh sharima because mm -hmm. it levels swain up so fast it deals yeah. a ton of damage and then like trying to use raz blood main and stuff but it's just like it's not it, i feel like it's missing like a card or two for that archetype but like the rest of it like you said the other uses it has it, it's super legit it's a crazy I slipped card a, a, i slipped a single copy in a build of uh mistrace that i messed around with mm. and uh it was pretty pretty cool when i when i drew it but like it was also like i only want the one copy right you know it's like yeah, i didn't want cost, yeah yeah you know but it, it did win me the game when it popped up just because the whole thing of like hey i just need everybody to not block my misdreads <laughs> <laughs> yes and that will happen but i mean exhaust will do that too just it'll just target one but you know it, hmm. so i i think i ended up in my current iteration with sharima i think i just run all misdreads uh, also si and three exhaust just to hmm. either you know pull something that needs to die or more often just stop something from blocking mm -hmm. so um i do really like all you know kind of adjacent i do really like the shuriman you know minus attack side of things and yeah. uh, i was actually really intrigued i want to shout out uh, somebody from my, uh, somebody else from our discord uh bam Mm -hmm. uh bam posted an interesting list i i don't know how good it is i didn't play it but uh i think it was like katarina and renekton but the cool part to me was that uh, it was using one of my old favorites and probably it was a candidate for this list if i hadn't already talked about it so much on the podcast uh which is armored tusk rider yeah that's, and that's armored really tusk rider cool really loves the shuriman attack reduction yeah like a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh i know that's something that i'm going to be messing with some myself and i'm i was honestly surprised at myself for not noticing it sooner or not messing with it sooner really yeah, so uh hmm? 
that's a really sweet combo even just with exhaust that's that's crazy yeah exactly yeah and well in tusk rider i've been saying for a while the tusk rider is just a really good card in and of itself you just need to be playing a noxus deck that wants to go that late in the game right you know um and uh i mean i we're also big fans of whirling death here you know right. and so whirling death with tusk rider is just amazing you know or with any overwhelm unit is just amazing so yeah love I, I love that i love that josh and mad wills are currently having a separate conversation about whether or not <laughs> atrocity is yeah. good look josh we're on your side here here at legends cast we don't think that atrocity <laughs> is the best thing for the game we've suggested we've suggested many many things for it but we also it's love a hot topic card yeah we also love i mean i also wills, i also so he's <laughs> yeah well i also i'm just very very uh i'm just gonna totally stroke my own ego and pat myself on the back on the back here because i don't know if i've done it enough probably um, not probably not and uh say that like five episodes ago when we were guessing nerfs uh or proposing what we wanted to see nerf yeah i said atrocity and i i i was like yo as soon as these other things as soon as like tf Fizz gets nerfed as soon as these other things get nerfed thresh and uh nasus are going to be busted and you're not going to be able to do anything about it. Pretty right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not... Guess it's what not happened? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Atrocity, Atrocity we're, we're not huge fans. We believe Atrocity <laughs> needs to go. You know All what? Right? I was scrolling through the cards. I was like, you know what? An, a, a, a segment we need to do sometime in the future is the cards that the what? community was the most wrong about. Because, mm. like, LeBlanc is a great candidate for that, and so is Whimsy. Do you remember when everyone oh was up in arms okay, about Whimsy? I was, I was on the Whimsy... <laughs> See, this is funny because, like, w I was on the whimsy is playable train. <laughs> me too, me too. Uh, I was wrong about it. I wasn't on the, oh, my God, whimsy's going to ruin the game. But I was like, no, nah, whimsy's playable. Like, I, I can see myself playing it. Well, I was very much wrong. Uh, but I will say, like, with the Blanc, I mean, I, I feel like, to be fair, and we've kind of touched on this, like, in conversations with people within our podcast discussion channel, but, like, our issue with LeBlanc, even on the podcast, wasn't that we thought it would be bad. I mean, we both were like, yo, this is a good card. Like, this is a good, good champion. I mean, you, it's it's just stats are good, you know? Like, right, keywords right. are good. Uh, but it's just not super flavorful is is what yeah. it is. And I, I still feel that. I still feel like it's not flavorful. Yeah, it's funny, man. Like, definitely weird being on a podcast slash uh, I write for Room Terror CCG as well. So, like... Mm -hmm. And one of the things we do a lot that I like to do is we, as soon as cards get revealed, we do a one to five rating scale. So I yeah. just straight up put in public for a ton of people to read uh, just my awful opinions. And then, you know, a week later, they're like, how did you think whimsy was good? Like, I don't know. I yeah, don't know. No. Was <laughs> there's there's that <laughs> there's that sure. vulnerability that comes yeah. with just yeah, sometimes you just got to put content out, you know, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you're yeah. really wrong. <laughs> Yeah. That's just part of it. Oh, man. That's, that's part so of true, it, though. Well, I tell yeah. you what, we've taken enough of Shane's time. We're going to begin wrapping up the show here. But before we do that, let's go ahead and dive into closing thoughts. And I thought I was already perfect. 
Okay, guys, in closing thoughts, this is our closing segment where we try to offer you some some thoughts that uh, would be helpful for you at living life, not just being better at Legends of Terror. You figure if you take an hour and listen to us, hopefully we can help you live life better as well. Something that I've been pondering a lot recently, and I read in a recent book, there's a book that I've been reading recently called Winning the War on Your Mind, and one of the, one of the statements that they make re- re- really early on at the beginning of the book is that a lie believed to be true will affect your life as though it's true a lie believed to be true will affect your life as though it's true which basically means that if you believe a lie is true that your life will reflect something completely inaccurate right that um if if i believe that if i walk into a room of people and for whatever reason i believe that every person in that room thinks i'm a moron every side conversation i see i think that oh they're talking about how big of a moron i am or or every person that doesn't seem to respond to me oh that guy just thinks that i'm a moron but if no one in the room actually thinks that i'm a moron it would just color my my impression of the room although it, it would be inaccurate one of the things he uses in that is that for you know years we thought the world was flat and it prevented us from finding new lands because people wouldn't leave sight of the shore and i thought i thought it was a, a really profound thought it's something that i've been talking a lot about over at lux um, our digital church recently and uh, and something that i've been kind of rooting out in my own life was like trying to figure out okay what lies do i actually believe are true and how are those things impacting my life? And I realized that there's a lot of lies that I believed about relationships, people that I was friends with or people that I had relationships with. Um, and, uh, and, and, and and then in the end, like I, uh, th- there were lies that I believed about them or myself in that relationship that didn't end up being accurate that were, was hurting that relationship. And so, I don't know, for me, I guess my, my closing thought is just like, hey, like, think think through things like are you are you believing things that aren't actually true because that could be impacting your life in really dramatic ways um without you realizing that it is um and you can make those things untrue you know yeah you know what if the world isn't flat yeah maybe yeah i saw a good meme the other day (laughs) i saw a good meme the other day of a guy who's like it was like his youtube playlist and it was like the world is flat the world is flat and it's like the world might not be flat is the next title and then the world the world is definitely not flat and then flat (laughs) flat earthers scammed me out of a lot of money was like the (laughs) youtube playlist Uh, which is a funny way to transition to goodbyes um shane i would love for people to come and get connected with whatever it is that you guys are doing over at twin sons and everything else so how can people find you like they listen to this episode and like i really i really like uh dbn 2.0 and um i would like to know uh like (laughs) i would really like to know you know what what he does with his friends uh how would they find you no no if i may i also feel like you should take this opportunity to like you know talk a little bit just briefly about twin sons and like how you guys do things over there and and stuff like you know give people the the pitch tell them you know tell them (laughs) all the cool stuff you do you know yeah uh yeah i appreciate first off thank you guys for having me it's it's a blast i don't get to be a guest very often i've only done it uh, a few times so it's definitely (laughs) definitely weird being the one to ask questions not not used to it but i appreciate it um yeah we are a podcast just like these guys we we do a little bit of youtube videos uh but Essentially, I picked the worst possible name for a podcast ever because I, I spelled sons with a Z. So anytime someone looks it up, they're like, they don't find it. Yeah, <laughs> t- twin sons. I didn't even 
Think about that. <laughs> yeah, and it could be sons like S O N. No, but it, it it if you're if you're a Star Wars fan, Tatooine has two sons, twin sons. Yeah. That's that's where we got it from. So which is been... once again why I couldn't figure it out because I was like, is there two sons in Runeterra? I've been trying to figure no, that forever. No. It's like why why does the Runeterra podcast have a Star Wars name? I don't understand. Yeah. Yep, it just does. It just <laughs> okay. It, it just, you know, don't question it. Okay, don't it question just, it. Hey, it's fine. It's fine. Hey, we did a rebrand and, and we took the Shareem and Buried Sun disc, the little artifact, and we put that in our new branding. So there's sort of Ooh. kind of a sun there. Okay, fair. Mm-hmm. fair. A we little it. bit. It took yeah. us a year, but we got there. Um, yeah, anywhere you can look up Twin Suns, but we uh, we do a bunch of different stuff. Um, do a lot of cool interviews. We've been very, very blessed, lucky to have uh, crazy guests on, uh, mainly just because I'm obnoxious and i'll just ask people to come on and luckily i've gotten guesses but <laughs> we've had uh the game director right umbridge come on our cast we had the guy who uh, sean main was the targon so you might hate this man because a lot of people hate targon <laughs> but he was the entire set of targon call of the mountain uh he came on for each release he came on three times he was he was awesome to have on we had the creative lead on she was really cool mel lee Shout out to those people if they're listening. They're, they were super helpful and friendly coming on. So we like to really talk about like the game design aspect behind the game, talking about how the cards were created and things like that, which is always super interesting to me as someone who, who plays the cards so much. You know, we like to just hear about why they did it. And like just crazy facts, like one I'll spit off the top of my head that we learned was originally they were playing around with Nocturne as uh, his, when he leveled, he would make the whole board black for your opponent. So they couldn't see anything, which is obnoxious you couldn't tell who you're blocking and things so my like, god yeah imagine, imagine <laughs> what, what am like that what am like that yeah. at all that sounds terrible <laughs> it sounds awful and i'm sure they scrapped it instantaneously but oh man we get to hear facts like that so that would have been so cool though if they could make it oh, not awful not obnoxious that they could find a way to make it not terrible I wish that I would be such a cool that. thing yeah it's, yeah it's the most thematic nocturne thing ever right Just yeah making everything black it would ah insane but yeah, so if you're interested in hearing stuff like that, uh, we do that. And then we have a lot of just streamers and other community members on all the time as well, which is always fun. We've had Swim on, talk to him, and he's been, he was really fun to talk to. And we just had uh, Impetuous Panda lately. He casts a lot of tournaments. Uh, he's super nice and way smarter than anyone I've talked to on our cast before. <laughs> no offense to any of those guys. He's a very, very smart man. Uh, and he speaks like four languages or some obnoxious thing like that. So it's Jeez, always yeah. yeah, yeah. So, that, you know, we do all that type of stuff. We just hosted a tournament that was really fun as well. So you guys have been uh, hosting all these sweet Discord tournaments I've seen. And uh, my friend, our other co-host, Mikey, was in your D&D league for a while, your Runeterra D&D league. So he was he was hopping in there telling me all about that every day. Nice. He's, <laughs> he's, he's completely obsessed with D&D. So he was always telling me about all the things you guys were doing in that. So. Definitely, you know, we, we don't have anything like that. More just uh, straight tournaments and then uh, podcast episodes and music videos. But I mean, if you guys bust out the D and D thing again, uh, Mikey might make me Mikey might make me come over and, and jump in. Ooh, that would be a super fun collaboration. That would, would be, enjoy that for sure. That would like be a really one-off D and D thing. That'd be super. Yes, yeah. that'd be a blast. We yeah. got to we got to work on that one. Yeah, I'm the there I'm the uh, I'm the Targon Guildmaster, and so we've been yes. uh, I've been playing with a separate <laughs> like a group of guys from the community for several months now in Targon, and we're kind of coming to the like the climax of that storyline right now. Um, oh, unfortunately, man. a lot of our other D and D stuff has died off over there, which is a bummer. But you know, it was really really fun while we were doing it. It was a blast. Yeah, yeah, and we still and you know, there's still a core group that plays. So yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. There's still some guys who, who play. That, that would be a blast, though, to uh, to get the the podcast uh, for a little one shot. That'd be that'd be super oh, that'd fun. Be We're gonna have yeah. to start working on plan on planning that. 
yeah i'm down we're, we're super down that's my best thing is one shot because my commitment skills are awful that's why yeah I right <laughs> <laughs> one shot i'm like sweet sweet yeah yeah well awesome uh okay do you have like a you guys have like a twitter handle instagram handle what it, i mean if, if people really i mean they yeah. can look up your podcast and they know to look for it with a z now but mm-hmm. <laughs> dude I'm telling you worst decision of my life um <laughs> Yeah, just on Twitter uh, at the Twin Sons Pod uh, is is our Twitter. But you can if you just type Twin Sons Podcast anywhere: YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, just all, all the standard podcast listening things. And we record with video as well. We we try to do it on. We just started doing that. Uh, see, you guys are doing that now here as we're live on Twitch. So try to do it with video. Um, and you know, start editing some things. But pretty much anywhere you can search Twin Sons Podcast, you should find us. We're doing something. Awesome. Stirring up a muck somewhere, yeah. Absolutely awesome. Uh, DBN, how can people find you, my friend? Yeah, well, I don't do YouTube that much anymore. Actually, I may have some time coming up soon, but I, every time I say that, it doesn't happen. So it's always the weirdest times that I post a video. But you can always check that out, Deadbrook Nerd on YouTube, if you want some retro LOR content. Uh, besides that, the best way to contact me is obviously through our Discord, guys. I mean, we push it every week. I'm going to push it again. Join the Discord. Come say hi. You can feel free to ping me. It doesn't bother me. It's actually fun. I like to engage with people. So <laughs> if you have something you want me to see, feel free to go at Deadbrook Nerd. And I will, uh, I will be happy to come and check it out and talk to you about it. So, yep, Discord. Yeah, everyone ping him. Yeah, ping, ping him. him. Ping him, ping him. Everyone ping me at the same time. Yeah, we'll get him. See how we'll we'll like, it. middle of the night. Um, if you want to find me, I uh, stream Monday, Wednesday, Fridays uh, from about 8 to 11 a.m. at twitch.tv slash the lift. Uh, in addition to that, uh, you can find me in the Discord. I split a lot of time. My wife and I started a church on Twitch called Lux Digital Church. And you can find that at twitch.tv slash Lux Digital Church as well. If you want to come check that out, we have a service every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. EST. And we would love to have you come and hang out with us and check that out. Um, I do split a lot of time between our Lux community on Discord and our Legends Cast community on Discord right now, which is a tremendous amount of work to be in both places. Um, but you can find me in either one of them. So if, if for whatever reason, I'm not re- I, I respond to both of them. I'm literally on Discord all day. So just like you can also ping me and I don't mind at all, but I don't get as much time. I used to read everything that came through the legends cast discord and at this point especially during tournament season or or, you know when we're in the season of our league like i can't possibly keep up there's just way too much content going out over there so if you want me to see something specific like never ever hesitate to ping me um i keep everything muted in my servers except for lux and and legends cast so i'm I'm always i'm always got eyes on it and of course i'm here to support the community so if you ever need someone to talk to you're in a dark place and you need someone uh to listen to you and uh and to be supportive um um, I'm always here to do that as well. Shoot me a private message and we can set something up. We'll jump on a Zoom call or in a Discord call. Um, I'm always here to support members of our community. Um, once again, Shane, I want to thank you again for coming on the show, man. We really appreciate it. It was great getting to know you. Um, and uh, and sure. you're going to have to let us know the secret sauce to getting devs on your show because uh, we have not yeah. figured out that secret <laughs> sauce yet. I don't know what Dude, we have to do. Be super annoying is the, the best I have been I have been annoying. I've maybe I've been too polite. Maybe maybe that's yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, I'm I've just been too polite. Like, hey, I know you guys are busy, but (laughs) Uh, annoying and lucky is the only two. Yeah, no no secret, unfortunately. Okay, annoying and lucky. That's good to know. That's good to know. Well, (laughs) practice. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, thank you for coming on. That's gonna do it for this episode of Legends Cast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and be sure to come back again next week. 
Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.